Hey, this is Steve with the Punch Up Podcast. With me on this episode are Jesse Preisendorfer. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hey, Steve. Ian O'Shea. Steven. Thank you, Ian. Formal. Formality. And in our storyteller chair, our guest is Josh Rubenstein. Hey, Steve. Hey, Josh. Hi, Josh. Thanks for being here. So this story happened when I was about 23. I had graduated college. I spent a year working up in Boston area, and I decided to go to Israel. So just on the cusp of prohibition? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Nailed it. Prohibition that just ended. (laughs) Good Uh, times. Yes. So you're 23. 86. 1986. 1986. Ooh, baby. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I decided to go to Israel to live and work on a kibbutz. Mm. On a what? A kibbutz is a collective type of uh, organization. It's a collective community. We call them communes in America. Kind of like a commune, but it's a little bit more organized. It's very, very important in the settlement of Israel back in the turn of the last century. And they tend to be about back to working with your hands, back to working with the land, instead of working in, a, in an office like that. So it was very, there's a lot of philosophy behind it. So the kibbutzes throughout Israel, they grow di- mostly they grow different things. And uh, the one I ended up going to was called Magan Michael which I forgot what Magan stands for, but Michael is Michael. So it's named after someone. I would have guessed that. Yeah, Josh, how do you get hooked up with, I mean, this is pre-internet. So how do you get hooked up with a specific group to do this? You get born Jewish. Right? Yeah, I mean, any temple, <laughs> any temple anywhere in this country is that, can, is can hook you up with that, any. I don't know if it's, it's probably still the case, but for the longest time, it's still the case. Israel's biggest concern is getting more Jews to move there. Right. It's still the case. It's a big population issue. This is the problem they have with the, the Arab population. They want to have more Jews living in Israel. So they make a lot of programs easy for young Jewish people to come over. From around the world. From around the world mm-hmm. to try and convince them an opportunity to see if they want to move there. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who spent a great deal of time on, on kibbutzes and absolutely loved them. Some and of then the best. came right back. Yeah, ultimately. I mean, there were a couple that my friends know of some folks that did stay in their 20s, and whether or not they came back, I don't know, but my friends did it for a year or two and then returned. Yeah. If you stay, do you have to renounce your citizenship? No. You can have dual citizenship with the U.S. Would you have to serve in the military, depending on your age? If you became a citizen, everyone serves in the military. Right. But at that age, I was 23 already, so I don't know. Yeah. If I had... A typist, maybe. Maybe. Something. (laughs) I could bring drinks. Yeah, you'd be like Beetle Bailey. (laughs) So I... God rest his soul. Oh, no, that's Mort Walker. That's right. It's recent. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how we found out this particular program. There are a lot of different programs. They pay for everything except your travel together. But it's also year 23. Kibbutzes were common knowledge in your community, at, at your temple. You knew lots of people that had probably gone on kibbutzes or family, friends, or or was it like, a, oh, did you stumble on it at 23? I knew, I knew of them. I, just, I didn't right, know anyone who had done this. But yeah, right. I knew of them. I knew, what the, I knew the history. I mean, to Kevin's point, like, you know, how did you know about this growing up in the Jewish community? Yeah, you, yeah. You know, you know, about you know it, of kibbutzes. And you know about these programs. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so on. So Were you a regular temple goer? In the beginning, yeah, I was bar mitzvahed. So I went, uh, I went to Hebrew school and I went, I guess, to services frequently. What about at the age of 23? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, typical 23-year-old. Typical yeah. 23 I consider myself culturally Jewish, but not theologically Jewish. So I'm not... What does that mean? That means you get to do all the ceremonies and stuff, but you don't have to go to church. That means I do the or cultural stuff. I do the cultural stuff, but I don't, don't do the religious stuff as much. Mm-hmm. So what's the cultural stuff? Uh, Rosh Hashanah is New Year's. But isn't that a religious holiday? 
Well, but Kev, do you celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Do you go to Mass? No. So he's the same thing, no, no, that's only... A, um, there are holidays in Judaism that are just religious, or primarily religious, and there are holidays that have cultural, like historical, celebrating historical events. So, okay. for example, in the U.S., I would say that, you know, Christmas is is religious, even if it's becoming more secular and people aren't remembering sure. the religious antecedents, it's still religious. But 4th of July... 4th of July is not. Got mm-hmm. it. Yep. So anyway, so I decided to go to Israel. And the reason I decided to go to Israel was... What was her name? Hmm? What was her name? No, 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 no. It wasn't that. <laughs> Michael. My, my best friend from college, he and I were going to go to China. He spoke Chinese and we were going to go. And I was st- when I was in Boston, I was trying to study Chinese and it was really difficult. At the last minute, he said, I changed my mind. I'm not going. So I had no plans for that year. I was leaving my, the one job I had in Boston. So someone said, why don't you go to Israel? And then I sought out these mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. So I get to Israel, and uh, I go to this kibbutz. Magan Michael is one of the, if not the richest, one of the richest kibbutzes in Israel. And the reason is it has a very successful plastics factory. And the, the irony... To really get you back to the land. Huh? Yes, that's, that's <laughs> what I was going to go to. That's the irony, is because a big part of the kibbutzes and the Zionist movement, which is what is all about is Jews going back to Israel, the big thing is getting back to the land and not working in a factory, but working with your hands and stuff. What happened is there were a bunch of engineers working there, living there, and they built this plastics factory, and it was really successful. And what that allowed them to do was to fund all these other industries that lost money. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. you had this kibbutz, because it had a plastics factory, which is not what kibbutzes and Zionism and stuff was supposed to be about. It funded bananas and grapefruits and all these different things so that people could do, even though it was losing money. Okay. So that when you go there in these programs, what they typically do is they put you in a program where you study Hebrew half day and work the other half day. How long is a day? Normally eight, eight, like eight, eight or nine hours, something like that. Yeah. Depends your industry. Depends on what you're working on. Some things, some things you have to work a little bit longer. Yeah. But, you know, normal. Like okay. a Jewish day is a normal day? Yeah. Is like an earth-sized yeah. day. No, yeah. I meant, uh, I meant <laughs> as did this. a work. Oh, we did do this. <laughs> and I cut it out. It. Yeah. Oh, no, I think I left it in. No, you, you left come it off in. sound like a dick. We did this? I, because I don't ask how long full is the work, day? David. That's what I mean. Yeah. He's like, what's a full day? A full day. And then this guy oh, he sounds like But this guy dick. doesn't work for a living, so he doesn't know what a full day is. Right. And then she chimes in, and she only works half the year, as we've already found <laughs> out. So. But I work 26 hours a day for that half year. Guess who's coming, coming off like a dick now? <laughs> Guess who edits this? It sounds great still. People are like, I like that guy. He's, he's the a, nice one. He's so Steve. you went to kibbutz on your own, or did your on friend join you? No, no, no. no, no he's, he's, yeah. he's dead to me now. So, so. you got a job. <laughs> oh, wow. So you got a job on the plastic farm. No. So when I got there, they were giving me the room and setting me up and everything, and they said, "What do you want to do?" And you went called. to the sorting hat. I went it. to the sorting <laughs> hat. I put on the sorting hat, and it said, mm, "Difficult, very difficult. Plenty of courage, I see. Not a bad mind either. There's talent." Oh, yes, and a thirst to prove yourself. But where to put you? Better be banana. (laughs) I wanted to work in the banana field. Actually, I asked them first, what was the hardest, most exciting job there? And they said the banana fields. Mm -hmm. First, I have to say, the Israelis, I think they like Americans, but I don't think they respect us as much. I think they think we're not... 100%. 100%. It's not a bad stereotype. Soft. Soft. Yeah. Sure. We're very they think bratty. we're soft. They think we're weak. We're soft. 
a little arrogant, more than we deserve, and not always as smart as we think we are. Wow, so far they sound way off. (laughs) (laughs) But they like us. They like America. They're very friendly to us. They care. You know, we're like their dumb little brother or something like that. Their dumb rich little brother. So I went to the banana fields, and the guys in the banana fields, there's a word in Hebrew, gever. It's basically like macho. It's like a big, tough, strong, brave guy. Mm-hmm. They're all gevers in the banana fields. They're bigger than I am. They're tougher than I am. And I think they didn't think much of me. And I think what made it worse was as I was learning Hebrew, the first things I learned was I learned the words I could figure out a song. I used to sing, Ken Enlanu Bananot, Enlanu Bananot Hayom, which is, yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. That was the only song I could come up with the Hebrew that I knew. And mm-hmm. you just sung it all day. I just sang it all day in the banana mm-hmm. fields, and they thought I, I was an idiot. I could see why. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I don't know why. As their shirts just kept ripping off every time they tried to put them on. <laughs> they got stronger and stronger. <laughs> now, banana fields are hard. It's hard to work there because a banana tree, tree, I'm using air quotes for tree, because I don't think it's officially a tree by definition of a tree. It's very... It's like a woody plant. Yes, it's very woody. You could push your thumb in a little bit into it. So a tree would grow to about between 10 inches and a foot and a half in diameter. How tall? About uh, 8 to 14 feet. Okay. And a tree would grow up and a banana bunch would, one banana bunch would come out of it. Eventually, as the bananas got bigger, it would pull the tree down and the fruit would spread that way. When you're cultivating bananas, you have to build this big cable over the field. When the bunch starts to come out of the top of the banana with this long neck, you tie a string from the neck to the cable. So as the bunch grows and gets bigger, it doesn't pull the tree down. Stays up. Right. And after the bananas are collected, you go around with a machete, and this was the cool part, and you would cut down the trees. The trees or the wires? The trees. Oh, wow. All right. The way you collect the banana is one of the head guys will have a long pole, like about a four to five foot long pole. At the edge would be about a 15, 20 inch crescent shaped serrated knife. Mm -hmm. Really sharp. Sickle. Sickle. Sickle sickle shape. It's like a saw. Yeah, like a saw. And he would. More like a sickle. It's like a sickle saw. It's like a sickle with teeth. It's more like a saw on the end of a sickle. So that's a tree trimming device. And that's what we're talking about. Exactly. We're talking about bananas. And so when the bananas would get big enough, when they'd get ripe, it would be collection day. And you'd go in and you'd put your hand on the bottom of a bunch and you'd put your other hand in the middle of the of the. So bunch. you have one hand on the shaft and one hand cupping the dressing them. Right. And are you, climbed, are you climbed up in the tree at this point? No, no, no. This you're is, it's hanging over. It's hanging over and it would be, and this is also important, it would be about five to six feet high. So you could reach it. And the guy would cut the neck, and you would lower it onto your shoulders, and you would run as fast as you can through the banana field and put it on a truck. And then you run back to the next bunch. American speed or Israeli speed? They wanted you to do it at Israeli speed. Okay. And the running well, is I'm just... Well, I'm sure it gets to be a bit of a competition, right? I mean, there's kind of sort of like the who's the toughest, strongest, fastest. Mm. Did, you, did you have a golf cart? No, no <laughs> golf carts. Because I picture you in a golf cart. No. P- please this tell... This free segue, but you know that now... Uh, yeah. <laughs> please tell me... At least once you tripped and fell and embarrassed yourself. Why would you want that? That's rude. I, I hope that never happens. I think it's a really funny visual. Really? Yeah. With a big bunch of bananas trying to impress the Well, the, ir- the, the irony is bananas that... Bananas just go shooting out And then everywhere. the guys come over and they sing at him, yes, we have no bananas. <laughs> yeah. Because... So I slipped, but them. I slipped because I stepped on a banana peel. Uh, <laughs> no, I never fell that way. Don't so, do that. Yeah. Sorry. So... We don't do that here. No. <laughs> Not that kind of humor. No. Nope. Yeah, we do. <laughs> 
Hey guys, this is Don Montre from Comedy Sports. Comedy Sports is competitive improvisational comedy. It is two teams of improvisers taking your suggestions to create comedic scenes, songs, and games. There is a referee who acts as a host, who times the games and calls the fouls. There is an announcer who does color commentary and live scoring updates. And there is you. That's right. There is you. You are the audience. You are the loyal fans. And we cannot do comedy sports without you. You give suggestions. You give points. And you choose the winner. Come see comedy sports. We are at the CSZ at the Adrian Theater, 2030 Sansom Street. It is Philadelphia's longest running show. We've been doing it for 25 years. Comedy sports is for everyone, which means it's for you. It's for your kids. It's for your wife. It's for your husband. It's for your friends. It's for that girl you're dating or that guy you're dating it's for everyone so come on out and see comedy sports every saturday night at 7 30 and 10 o'clock and now sundays at a matinee at two o'clock that's three chances to see comedy sports every weekend philadelphia's longest running show comedy sports philly.com see you there so i'm doing this that's part of the deal the other part of time is you're cutting down the banana trees now i said they're about like what did i say about like eight Eight to uh, fifteen six, inches in diameter. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's like you know. That's a, that's pretty big for a tree. Yeah. When you got good, you could fell it with a machete with one blow. Wow. Say that in Hebrew. Yishkadachen. No. Devishtechetabag. No, that's not right. How do you know? Well, it's definitely not. He's just saying something else. Yeah, it's gibberish. I wasn't saying anything. So you could take a machete, and at first, it takes a while to learn how to do it. And it's the most satisfying feeling sure. to take down a, what looks like a tree in a single blow. Especially for an American. Yeah. So you used to do that. You used to cut out the little, when one tree is growing, you have to cut out the little. So there's a lot of cleanup. The little shoots that were coming off the tree. Oh, it's so babies. The babies. You have yeah. to kill the babies. Oh, was, your, was your Israeli name Nine Chops? <laughs> My Israeli name was Yoshua. Which is Joshua. Which is Joshua. It's also Jesus. Well, it's easy. Easy. I think, I think it was Joshua. Stick to the story, Slow buddy. Down. Stick to the story. <laughs> Jesus and Joshua come from the same Israeli word. So these trees only bear one bunch of fruit, and then they're done. They can't do it again. Right. Wow, it's so sad. It's like a tomato plant. They have a one bunch of tomatoes, and then you put it down and yeah. raise it next year. I bet I could. One, one, chop, one blow. One blow. Take out a tomato One, one blow, Steve. That's your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry I used that word. So how <laughs> how how long did it take you to get the knack of it and, and, and fell, it, fell a banana bush? And, it it and took about day. a month or so. into. So I was there for, it was a five and a half month program. So about a, wow. it took about a month for me to get really good at it. Do you get your own machete? Like, was it? There no. may be many machetes, but this one is mine. No, no. You'd show up and you just grab one from the banana truck, or you go to the headquarters and then you get one. So back then I was skinnier, so I was not the the massive. We all were strong and younger. I'm hunk that you see in front of you. I was even skinnier than I am now and lighter. I remember I was good at it. I would calculate how much I carried in a day. I carried over half a ton of bananas in a four-hour shift. Is that Israeli numbers or American numbers? That's English. It's American. It's so metrics. each, a bunch of bananas weighed anywhere from 40 to 70 pounds. I would wow. keep doing it back and forth for mm-hmm. four hours. So you calculate, it's a lot. Uh, every so often, other people from the old pond, from the, from the classroom, would come join the bananas. And I remember one guy who was really annoying goes, Josh can do this. I can do it. You know, thinking Classic. that. Classic. Yeah. Oh. He, he couldn't last the four-hour shift. What, what's, what, how do you say dick in Hebrew? <laughs> Schmuck. Schmuckle. Schmuckle. Well, he's a little dick, right? Yeah. Schmeckle's a little dick.
So the point is that it's hard to do. There was one Argentinian guy, nice guy, looked like Clark Kent. He was massive in his chest, down to a very narrow waist, black hair, slick back like Clark Kent. So pretty sexy. Very sexy guy. He sounds dreamy. He was dreamy. He came into to work once. He collapsed. He couldn't. He just had to sit down. He was top heavy. He just kept <laughs> yeah. going over. But you think he would have the strength and endurance to do it? What was his name? I don't remember. Make one up. Okay, Penny. Penny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what it is. So what I think I was good at was balancing because I used to wrestle in high school. This is the best I can because I wasn't as strong as these as these people. Who did you wrestle in high school? Was this on a team or just in general? King Kong I Bundy. Team. I was wrestling. Oh, you were on the wrestling. I was on the wrestling. My whole family. My what, brothers. What, were you in cardboard wrestle? cutout weight class? I wrestled 148 or 158. Oh, you were a skinny guy. Yeah, I was good. I was a good wrestler. Do you still have your singlet? Yeah, I have all the stuff in a box. Someday. You ever put it on? No, it wouldn't fit. (laughs) That's it. Never did. (laughs) (laughs) But I was good at using my weight and distributing things, so I was able to do this work. With all these other people, would would uh... you were like the bird who keeps going down? You know, like who who like you know the the water bird, the little. Tipping bird. They met yes. Lady Bird Johnson. I was like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Oh, just... <laughs> so so you, you became quite proficient. I, yeah. I was, Did you get yeah. some respect from... What, no. What, what was the no. name for the tough guys? The tough... Uh, Gevers. Gevers. No, got no respect. Not that they were mean to us. You just could tell. The they, other they banana. They thought we were, we were weak. The other banana yeah. people. The Israelis. Well, and I'm the sure that, that part of it is that there'd be another Jesus who would come work the fields in, in a few short months. Yeah. Right. They live there. You would come and see what it's all about, and then oh, and then go back to college. Yeah, that that could be yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So every so often, the bunch of bananas, as it would grow, it would, they would tie the string to the neck, leading to the bunch. Every so often, it would get tangled up in the wires Uh-oh. so high that you couldn't reach it and explode. It's like fourteen. And two people feet. died. Sp- sparks everywhere. You'd said like the height <laughs> was something around fourteen feet. Is that about where the wire is? Or, yeah, okay. maybe a little less, maybe about 12 feet. So if you jumped up, you could touch the bottom of it, but you couldn't safely grab the bunch when they cut, especially if it was like 50 pounds. They didn't want to waste it because they sold this stuff. And the long stick with the crescent on, it was sickle. U- the sickle, Saw. it was usually yeah. operated by Avram, who was the head of the bananas. What's his name? Avram. Avram. Which is Abraham. There's always an Avram. Avram was this tough, gnarly, old... Ex, well, I want to say ex-soldier, but they're all ex-soldiers. But he was like, he yeah. went up in the ranks. He right. did a lot. Probably invented Cobb McGraw. Yes. Probably. Every so often, there would be a rat in the field. would be in the bunch. Like and a guy who would tell on somebody else? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a big mouse. Oh, that oh, kind, oh, of, that rat, kind of rat. Yeah. Got it. And he would run. He would go sprinting through the field, holding the stick at the non-blade end. And like almost throwing it, so reaching out like seven feet in front of him and get the rat. Nice. With the pointy like, end, with the or pointy with the, end, with the pointy end, end. with the Just saw, spear it, the point of the saw. Very talented guy. Was that in the brochure when? He, when <laughs> no, he that, that's why I went. Yeah. Yeah. They, they well, when me. you sold these bananas, were they aware that the, they were probably sawed down with rat gut? Or did they, they clean? They cleaned it after, after oh, each rat. He, I'm sure he had wipes. Yeah. Yeah. His his jeans. They had handy wipes. One day, what they do is when the bunch gets caught up there, they don't want to waste it. So what they'll do is they'll take the sickle saw and they'll cut a third and someone will catch it. And they'll put it else. They'll either use it in their dining room at the kibbutz or they'll sell it as a smaller unit. They'll cut the next third and then this last third and they'll catch it. So this happened one day. 
And Avram, who doesn't speak any English, is a very tough guy. I don't think I ever spoke to him, except he would like tell me in Hebrew what to do sometimes, and someone else would translate. Mm-hmm. He cuts the first bunch, the first third of a bunch that's too high to reach, and someone is underneath and catches it. The Armenian? Yeah, the Armenian catches it. Nice. Then, oh, then, Armenian. But he was Argentinian. Is he Argentinian or Armenian? His one parent was from, I don't yeah. know, yeah. His name was Raul, so. He was, he was Argentinian. I so didn't his know, name was Penny. I didn't know what you meant by the, ar- Different guy. By the Armenian. The Argent- he was from Argentina. Ah, okay. So I was right. So someone caught the first bunch. I went in to catch the second bunch. So Avram is cutting this second bunch, and this is like, you know, maybe a 20 to 30 pound thing of banana. Mm-hmm. The blade gets caught in the bunch as it's coming down to my wrists. Oh, no. And cuts me right in the wrist. Oh, man. And you didn't back away? No, it's too fast. And it's a good thing I didn't, because if I did, or if Avram had tried to pull the blade away, probably would have cut my hand mm-hmm. off. Because it was, imagine, he's holding the, the, yeah. sh- the, the end the, of it. The end, so he has no... 15 feet. Yeah, he has no power right. to hold yeah. it. So it goes straight down. As soon as it does that, everyone gasps. Avram jumps the bananas! in. The bananas! <laughs> no. Avram jumps in, grabs my hand, and bends the wrist up towards my forearm, towards my to chest. To close the cut. To close the cut. Yeah. And he says, Bo, which is come. That's the only Hebrew I really knew. He said, Bo. And we start running through the banana field. Now, as I described, the banana fields are, at this point, are filled with these trees, these, like, foot-in-diameter trees stumps all over the ground. So we're jumping over that. We're jumping over these giant banana leaves. He's still holding your arm or you're now... You're, no, no. You're, He's you're... holding me and dragging me as we're jumping over. We're running through basically it's like it's like an Indiana Jones scene where we're running through these giant banana fronds and, and fallen trees jumping over. Who's Indiana Jones in this Wait, scenario? just just to make it more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It's not you. It's, you're yeah. short round. It's off It's off It's off It's off Right, he's so, the guy who says, uh, "Kate Cashel." You are Kate Cashel. Josh is the guy who says, uh, "Throw me the idol." <laughs> then I throw you the. Then word. I throw you the whip. <laughs> yeah. So I'm running. So as I'm running, I have only one thought: that I cut a tendon. So we're running a and tendon, jumping. You're not worried about the artery that's in there, or the guaranteed not, tetanus you're about to. Not get. enough blood is coming out. Yeah, or that you're going to turn into the first ever rat man. <laughs> the rat, yeah, the rat, rat feces is in there now. So as I'm running, I remember looking at each finger one at a time. First I wiggle my pinky, then I wiggle my ring finger, and so on. And then when I finally get to my thumb and wiggle it, I realize I didn't cut a tendon. I can move them all, and I was totally relaxed, and I made it through. Sprinted back. And you let Avram continue to carry you. No, he wasn't carrying you. He was dragging me on. So he liked we, the affection. So we get, we get he nestled to, into Avram's bosom yeah. and we, just no, said, takes me to his jeep, crying, and we drive off. Of course, to, he has a jeep to a hospital with no doors, no, no doors. roof, no nothing. Yeah. Just not even a key. He just pulled, got he into it. And he, was like, he used his feet like the Flintstones to go. And yeah. So we went to um, went to a hospital, which was really like a almost like a field hospital. It looked like like a dirty tent, almost. like a mash hospital. It was like a mash hospital with like white stucco walls. Nothing that looks like a hospital. Alan Alda's in there. Yeah. Having a martini. Bombs. Goes right in there. Bombs going off. Speaks Hebrew to the guy. Guy comes up, stitches me up, and sends me off my way. And then cleans it? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't clean it. (laughs) He licked it. Not even water? Maybe. Maybe some disinfectant. For the the doctor, he had a nice sip. Yeah. He's parched. (laughs) Water from a nearby basin. Just sitting there all day. Yeah. Yeah. Used rag. So we get... So I get back, and... 
Started having I can't rat work, dreams. I can't work in the banana, in the banana field. <laughs> Started scurrying around the... <laughs> Why does he keep taking off? So they put me in the plastic factory. Of course they did. Because and you wouldn't eat because the of that one accident. No, I mean, because I can't use my use arm. Oh, okay. I can't do anything. So I'm like right. sorting pieces of the blues going this bin and the yellows going that bin like that. So I'm sorting for two weeks, and then it heals. So they say, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to go back to the banana field." So I go back to the banana field, and everyone is like, "You're sure?" And like they say, "Hey, come!" You know, Jesus, they're talking to me, and they're they're really nice to me, and it was weird. It was like it was like a different dynamic. So I turned to one of the other, wasn't one of the Israelis, but he was a guy that was living on the kibbutz for a long time, spoke good English. And uh, I said, what's going on? He says, they were convinced that you were going to go home. They were sure that if not go home, you were going to end up like in an office somewhere or uh, giving milk at the nursery school or something like that. Like they that was sh- your out. Yeah, they yeah. were shocked. They were, yeah. no, because they thought that Americans were so weak right. and so, you know. One accident, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So when I came back and I worked, I like, I became a giver. They, you did. You became yeah. a giver. An American giver, but yeah. 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 Baby giver. So you increased their uh, outlook on Americans. For a little bit, just a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. That's what this story's about. Yeah. Your effect on the global global picture of yeah. American uh, of American Jews. Yeah. And here well, we are. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank Yeshua. you. Yeah. As thank Yeshua. you for your service. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's beautiful. And Michigan and Michael. Did you drop the bananas? When they cut me out. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Steve Roney. Thanks for listening to the Punch-Up Podcast. We release new episodes every Monday, so be sure to check us out. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Punch Podcast. Like us, follow us, and subscribe. Each week, we bring in some of the funniest writers and performers from the Philly comedy scene. Someone tells a story while the others help out. Me, your host, Steve Roney, along with Kevin Reagan, Ian O'Shea, Jesse Preisendorfer, and a different guest every week. Thanks for listening and be sure to check us out every Monday.